Welcome to Main Menu for Friday, March 6, 2015. I'm Larry Turnbull in for David Tanner, who is enjoying the CSUN conference along with Jeff Bishop. And speaking of David, he's going to be bringing us coverage from CSUN. He's going to be interviewing Greg Stilson with Humanware on new changes to the Trekker Breeze. First, I just want to give you a little bit of news. Window Eyes 9.1 is out. It's got some new web features in there and a lot of bug fixes for Outlook and Windows Live Mail. You can check out more information on that at gwmicro.com slash upgrade. Well, we've got uh, quite a long interview here, so we're going to go ahead and get right into it. So here's David Tanner, and then also we're going to have uh, David Woodbridge after David Tanner, who will be doing a demo with iTunes 12.0 with the playlist. So stay right here, and we're glad you're here with us on Main Menu. Main Menu. Main Menu. So I am pleased to introduce uh, back to Main Menu, Mr. Greg Stilson from Humanware. And Greg is the product manager for Braille and GPS for Humanware. And welcome back to Main Menu, Greg. We are here at the CSUN conference and uh, glad, good to see you again. Oh, thanks for having me on. It's uh, great to be doing this interview in person and even better to be doing it in 70 degree temperatures. So coming from the Midwest, we oh, haven't seen this in Second that. <laughs> It was uh, quite a trip getting in here. I don't know if you had problems, David, but uh, I was uh, delayed almost 11 hours, so <laughs> coming in from Wisconsin. We were delayed 20 minutes. Ah, it's not so bad. <laughs> no, thanks for having me on. Well, we had one of those big snows that day. We, we had three inches of snow. <laughs> don't tell that to the people in Boston. <laughs> No, so uh, it's it's great to be here in in San Diego, and uh, we've got some some new things to be talking about at Humanware. So uh, I don't know if you saw an email come in about the the Breeze Plus or new things coming into the about the Breeze. I just saw that uh, just in the last day or two. Excellent. Yeah. So the Breeze Plus is what it was alluding to. We did a, a bit of a teaser campaign to try to bring some uh, some attention back to the the Trekker Breeze. It's uh, it's I don't know if you've noticed, but we've we've kind of been a bit quiet about the Trekker Breeze, and part of that was because we were looking at the market, the, the GPS market for blind people. And, and uh, with all the smartphones and things like that coming into play, um, we wanted to make sure that this was still a place for an assistive technology manufacturer to be uh, producing products. And um, we spent a lot of time going to O&M instructors, going to school districts, going to guide dog schools, going to consumers, people who use the product, and find out, you know, do you still see a place? for a handheld GPS device. And I'm very happy to say, partially because the, the breeze is very near and dear to my heart being a, a blind user myself, that the, the answer was resounding yes. People still did want to see uh, the breeze live on. So we um, we will be refreshing the hardware uh, and will be released uh, coming up here in April, end of April, we're expecting it. Um, and it's basically uh, the, the overwhelming response that we got was that people kept saying, we love the layout of the breeze. We love the fact that it can 
can be operated with one hand. The fact that we don't have to be doing gestures, two finger, three finger gestures, or multiple buttons at one time. We can just do something while we're walking with a cane or a guide dog. And uh, so they said, you know, don't don't change the layout of the buttons. Don't change the configuration. And the other thing they loved was the battery life. The fact that you use the device and it will last eight hours. You know, I, I, I'm an iPhone user myself. If I use a GPS device on my iPhone, uh, GPS app, it, it has a tendency to suck my battery dry pretty darn quick. I don't know if you've seen that before, mm-hmm. David. <laughs> so we, we decided that what we were hearing is that the Breeze, because of the technological advances that have made, been made in six years, you know, we released the first Breeze, I believe, in 2009, 2008. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. GPS has come a long way. Um, and I would say that the expectations for GPS have come a long way, thanks to smartphones and things like that. And one thing to remember is that um, a smartphone may look like it always has a GPS connection, and part of that is because you're always connected to a cellular network. So the cellular network... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or in most cases, it depends on your <laughs> depends on your carrier, I guess. But uh, in most cases, um, the cellular network helps via getting IP address data and things like that to get a more accurate or always-on kind of GPS signal with a GPS standalone GPS device. Part of the thing was that people were reporting that the breeze, the original breeze, in certain areas were it would take a really long time to get a GPS connection. So you turn the device on and one, two, five minutes would go by and we wouldn't have a GPS connection. Mm. And so, and that was, as I said, in not all areas, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, if primarily we saw that in urban canyon environments so the, okay. the minneapolis the 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 uh, new york cities the um you know la that kind of stuff and it reminds me of the first time i tried a gps which goes back a few years earlier than that to the first trekker mm-hmm. trekker maestro yeah and i got mine at the a convention in louisville mm-hmm. and i got outside the hotel and walked about a block and everything was fine and then it became um <laughs> the buildings were too tall oh sure yeah you were getting into the shadow and, yeah and, yep. and most of the rest of the area around there was like very spotty yeah and what happens is you get this this echo effect that happens with these tall buildings and you get the signals bouncing all over right. the place and so we're happy to say that uh with the updated gps technology and the breeze plus um you will see a an extreme improvement in the quality of the gps and most importantly it's actually acquisition time. Um, I was using it. uh, I'll give you an example. So with the original Breeze, one of the things that we saw was that when you first turn the Breeze on in a new state or a new environment where you had a different map. So for example, I came from from Wisconsin and I've never used the Breeze Plus in California before. So when we got here in San Diego, got in the cab and I turned it on. Now the original Breeze would have taken possibly five to ten minutes to first get a GPS signal because you're loading up new map data, you're getting new POIs, and you're also trying to acquire uh, a GPS connection right. and this uh, so I sat down in the cab and I said well what the heck let's see how it works so I turned it on 23 seconds after it said initializing breeze I had a GPS connection in the cab and oh. so that's an extreme improvement from what we saw in oh, the past and, yeah. and uh, I'm happy to say that now San Diego isn't the 
urban canyon environment that is New York City. However, we have a, uh, a tester in New York City. That's, uh, mm -hmm. she, she used the breeze, and she told me, I was never able to get a signal inside my apartment in Man uh, well, I don't know if she's in Manhattan or where she is, but uh, it, it was in New York City. And she, so I sent her a breeze. I said, yeah, breeze plus. I said, give it a whirl. Let me know how it works. She said, she turned it on and within, she was, I think she said in the middle of her apartment. She wasn't even by a window. And within a couple minutes, she got a signal there. And walking outside, she was able to get a signal within about 10 seconds. So, wow. so the fact that we're seeing exponentially uh, improved uh, results with this is really promising. And and um, so the first the first benefit here is GPS acquisition time. That's the, the biggest thing. And that's the part that if when you buy a Breeze Plus or um, well, we'll talk in a second about upgrading to a Breeze Plus from a, a reg, uh, original Trekker Breeze. Uh, but uh, the first thing you're going to see is GPS acquisition improving uh, a ton. The, the second is the quality of the GPS. So at times, just like uh, you mentioned, David, when you were using the original Trekker, uh, you walk next to a really tall building and it would say GPS connect lost ever happened to you yeah yeah <laughs> so the the breeze plus um i've been using it since uh, i want to say november or october of last year and i i would at least lose a connection maybe once every other week or so with the breeze depending on where i was traveling i have yet to lose the gps connection with the breeze plus in five months of testing it and in addition to that you're always dealing with we we would have three three levels of gps quality low medium and high and you would hear it say gps quality low gps quality medium medium. The only quality that I've ever heard with the Breeze Plus has been GPS quality high. So what it's telling us is that it's acquiring satellites faster and it's acquiring more satellites and a stronger signal. And what that means is stronger accuracy for you. And the third benefit that you'll see is because of that stronger accuracy, you'll see uh, improved GPS accuracy in relation to landmarks. So landmarks, you'll walk up to a landmark and oftentimes you, you could see it, you know, triggering 30 to 50 feet away sometimes depending on the time of the day and how many satellites were visible and whatever else we i can't give any hard numbers but what i can tell you is that i've i've dropped the landmark at the front of my driveway and I, I know that with the original breeze i would be consistently about 20 to 30 feet off when it would trigger and with the breeze plus i had it trigger five feet away approximately so it, it, it there's no hard numbers there that i can give you but but at the same time it's it told me at that point that I'm I'm getting a, a much more accurate signal. Now it's it's still GPS, and so I, I need to make sure to, to mention that your travel skills need to be up to snuff when you're using these devices. Unfortunately, it's not going to walk you directly to the the door opening or the door knob. It's going to get you close, and that's what the benefit of GPS is, and that's what I've always said is that more information is always better. And so uh, it's not a replacement for your cane or, or dog guide, but uh, it's definitely going to provide you a lot more information. Okay. Now, um, are the the maps? How is that? Are you are you still doing that the way you had been? Basically, update them each year. Or? Yeah. So we we've updated the maps every other year. Essentially, um, we're going to be rolling out with the Breeze Plus. We're going to be rolling out a uh, so the Breeze Plus hardware. There will be a new software update as well with a couple new features, which we'll talk about in a second. Okay. And then updated maps. Um, okay. And so the the updated maps will be free to both Breeze and Breeze Plus users. The, you'll just log into your um, 
using your email address and your serial number okay. and you'll be able to download uh, whatever country's uh, maps you want. Um, the, the software uh, is basically going to be highlighting two new features um, and they've both been requested. This is part of our research project that we did with uh, um, you know understanding people's needs and mm -hmm. whether they wanted the product to, to live on. And uh, so the two new features that we heard, one, one was from O&M instructors specifically and uh, also college students. Um, so what would happen is, and you said you used the original Trekker, yeah? Mm -hmm. So if you remember on the original Trekker, you could manually switch between open area and yeah. street map data. Mm -hmm. Okay? Mm -hmm. And that was really... Which was kind of neat. Oh, it's really valuable in an environment where you know that you're going to maybe be in open area, but you might be close enough to street map data where you could be on either way. Yeah. So what we heard from O&M instructors was that they, they were often working in a college campus or a university campus of some sort. Which is really tough. It is. It's really tough. And most of what you're doing in there is is in open area. However, some of the streets, uh, you know, you get to major streets. So all of a sudden, boom, I'd be kicked onto University Avenue or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to be there. I want to, because what would often happen, and we would, I, I highly recommend this, that it's a great way to learn a college campus, is that you mark, you drop landmarks, you walk around with somebody the first time or explore mm -hmm. it yourself and you mark each mm -hmm. building on the campus. And they're essentially homing beacons for you right. when you're when you're learning the campus. Um, the problem is, is that what we saw is that when you started walking to one of these homing beacons, all of a sudden it'd kick you on University Avenue and it'd say, walk to University in this street and take a left. And you said, no, I just want to, I want the, as the crow flies, mm -hmm. directions. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I'm happy to say that with Breeze 2.1, you'll be able to lock in uh, on open area or or, oh, okay. uh, or go to street map data if you wanted to. Mm -hmm. So um, it's a, a really valuable learning tool. Um, and especially... So you could do waypoints even. Probably. Exactly. Yep. So okay. you'll use your you'll use your landmarks that you drop in, and what's very cool is for those who are into hiking or into outdoorsy kind of activities, um, it's a way for you to get locked into that open area so that mm -hmm. you can always use the as the crow flies uh, direction. Okay. The other new feature is something that uh, sounds like it should have been in there all along, and it probably should have is uh, side of street detection. And so, speaking from a blind guy perspective, it's great to get all these instructions, and then you hear destination. That's that's it. <laughs> and so it's really nice to know, do I need to cross the street or don't yeah. I? So, yeah. So yeah, the breeze will, uh, in 2.1, will have side of street detection. So if I'm okay. going to a certain address or whatever, um, it'll tell me. <laughs> it doesn't tell you you're at your destination and you're across the street. Yeah. No, yeah. it would just say you've arrived at your destination. End of story. So no, now it'll say uh, destination right side, destination left side. So, okay. So, okay. Um, so yeah, those are the two main features. Um from a pricing perspective, we uh, haven't finalized the prices yet, um, but we are so we are a global company, so we're finalizing all the global prices. But mm -hmm. all I can say is that they will be right around what the existing Breeze is. Okay. Um, for existing Breeze users, um, I'm very excited to say that we have uh, an extremely cost-effective way for you to upgrade. Um, our we really want to, to keep you as customers, and you know you've you've spoken loudly that you want to keep this product. 
product uh, going and so we wanted to make it as cost effective for you to to do so so um, I don't have the numbers yet in front of me but I can tell you that it will be significantly cheaper uh, than a new product for you to basically upgrade your existing product and what you'll do is you'll contact our customer service department or order online or whatever and we'll set up a UPS pickup or we'll send you out a UPS label you'll ship us your existing breeze we will swap out the case top so you'll get an entirely new keypad because we've seen some of the units that come in and you guys use them out and about you, you use them in uh, in the elements so those buttons can get sticky or you know stop working or whatever so we'll swap out the case top we swap out the battery and we swap out all the internals. So for a fraction of the price of a new unit, you're going to be getting essentially a, a brand new Trekker Breeze Plus. Wow. And so we want to make sure that uh, that anyone who had a Trekker Breeze is uh, is able to, to upgrade to the Breeze Plus. Um, we are uh, we are doing some some collaboration with Leader Dogs. Um, so I'm happy to say that they are uh, they're they're distributing or not distributing, but they're they're using their our products and in, in their curriculums, and uh, they were uh, very instrumental in. In keeping the breeze uh, breeze going, so I was very happy to see that. Okay. So that's the uh, that's the breeze plus in a nutshell, David. Okay. So um, people who have the current breeze, when the new software comes out, will it still work um, on the on the original breeze? Original breeze. Absolutely. Or? Yep. Okay. Yep. So okay. these are features that yes, you'll see more accuracy. You'll see a faster GPS acquisition. Mm -hmm. But if you're happy with the product you have today, um, we want to make sure that you have all the features that make it a full-fledged GPS. So okay. uh, so yeah, it will it will work on the original breeze or the breeze plus, and same with the maps. Okay. Okay. And then. Um, I can't think of anything specifically on the GPS that uh, you haven't pretty well explained uh, most of what we want to know about. I think no, the uh, uh, the the only other thing, if you choose to upgrade from a Breeze to a Breeze Plus, your your landmarks will all transfer to the Breeze Plus. So um, even you, we don't even need the uh, the SD card when you send it to us. So okay. if you've made forty or fifty landmarks uh, and you want to use them on your Breeze Plus, you you can just take that card out, and when you get it back, you put it back in. Okay. Okay. All right. That's that sounds good. Excellent. Now, talking about GPS, just recently I saw an email from the people at um, um, Sendero Group talking about some new maps. They're 2000. 15 maps were out, but that people who had the Apex wouldn't get the 2015 maps until the next um, Apex release. Is there? Is that coming up close? Or? Yeah, yep. So we're currently working on Keysoft 9.5. It's... Uh, it's in development now. We're finalizing the the features that are in and out, and and the development is currently going. The reason why we're holding off on uh, distributing the maps for the Apex uh, right now is because last year, I don't know if you remember, we introduced key maps with Sendero, a huge partnership with with Sendero there, mm -hmm. and it was the the first free offline browsing experience for for blind people. Right. I, I sort of look right. at it, it really accessible kind of uh, pedestrian driven you know exploration it's a mm -hmm. something that's really you know as i said i'm really passionate about gps and one of the things that i i, I share completely with mike may is the informed travel um you know before i got before i got to uh, to san diego i on on key maps i punched in the address of the hotel and i virtually walked around the hotel to see what great restaurants i saw there was a kansas city barbecue which made me really happy to see that oh. <laughs> now where was that it was right across the street right across the street 
Street, uh, about a block uh, block west of us, I believe. So, um, so yeah, it was we, we just virtually walked around the area, and okay. you know that that's a, a shared value that that Mike May and 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 Sendero and Human were really uh, really share there. So it was only natural that we had this collaboration. And Key Maps is. Um, you know, it was the first iteration of Key Maps last year, and we had some great feedback. And so we're going to continue that with uh, with upgrading the version of Key Maps with the version of Keysoft. So with Keysoft uh, okay. 9.5, that'll be one of the features is the uh, upgraded maps and upgraded version of of, uh, of Key Maps. Key Maps, correct. Oh, yep. Okay. So we need to to hold off until that's available before we can throw the maps in there. Okay. 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 Well, that sounds encouraging. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yep. So we can we would expect uh, Keysoft 9.5 to I can't give any hard dates yet, but I would say in the next couple months we should see that. So by convention time, we'll say. Yeah, yeah. Well, fingers crossed it'll be before that, but yeah. yes. <laughs> yeah. At least by July. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And anything else going with the Apex or uh, that we need to know about? No, I can say that one of the the, the, the confirmed features that we are looking at is uh, a way for education services to uh, help you use the Apex more in a testing environment. It's a pretty significant uh, need in education, and so we're we're looking at uh, different ways of doing that to help uh, help teachers be able to use the tools that their students are using in all their classes in a secure testing environment. So um, that's one thing that we're looking at doing. Okay, and then and I think um, there was um, I. I think just a new release of the software for the Protege tablet or something. Yeah, yep. So the Prodigy, uh, forgive me, it's not, uh, I don't look after that product, but uh, I think it was 1.2 or 1.3. There's a software update that was just released um, with some pretty cool new features. There's a, an easy mode now so that um, you don't have to enter into a, the, the carousel if you just want to quickly read something, if you just want to turn the device on and have access access to it you can do that um, they're doing some cool things with uh, column recognition and column mode so that you can read down a column um, so there's there's a number of cool things that, that are happening with Prodigy um, and all the updates for Prodigy are free um, okay. for those of you who aren't familiar with what Prodigy is it's a it's a really intelligent um, magnification tool I say magnification tool because it's a heck of a lot more than a CCTV and basically what it consists of is you have a tablet that is really the brains of the operation and you have the if you use a Prodigy Duo, then you have a traditional CCTV-style environment where it's a monitor, but we don't have an XY table. What you do is you, it's a flat uh, platter is what we call it, and you put your piece of paper on the platter, and at the same time that you are looking at the text, the text is actually being recognized op and using optical character recognition. And the benefit there is that once it's using opt optical character recognition in our correction algorithms and everything, uh, the the text is now no longer analog. It's not it's not using an analog image. Uh, the, it's not using your traditional camera images, which you know can have ghosting or can have depending on the lighting or the the size of the text you're you're using. You can uh, run into some adverse environments there where things don't look as clear as they should. The cool thing is that you can use any type of color scheme you want, white on black, black on white, but you can blow your text up to be 80 times the size of the text, and the text never loses. A grain of clarity at all so you're still dealing with a crystal clear image mm -hmm. even at 80 times the text now mm -hmm. granted you can probably only fit one letter on screen at that point but yeah <laughs> but uh but that's the whole point is that uh you have the the clarity 
And we also combine text-to-speech uh, with with the crystal clear image. So if somebody, uh, myself for example, I have a very, very limited amount of vision. If I look at something, I can look at things for a very, very short amount of time and I, I get extreme fatigue in my vision. And so the text-to-speech capability, if I quickly need to check and see if, you know, one of the things that I, I know we as blind people play all the time is the, the filtering of mail. You know, just being able to filter, mm-hmm. is this junk, is this not junk? Right, Do I need to right. spend time with a reader looking at it or not? Right. And I can say the Prodigy is great for that because I can throw an envelope under there and hit the read button and it does the OCR instantaneously and just reads to me uh, if I if I need to throw out this credit card offer or if I need to credit, yeah. need to pay the credit card bill yeah, yeah. so so yeah that's that's the prodigy in a nutshell and, uh, and now I know at one point and maybe you're just not that far I mean the prodigy is what is it is it, it it's a little over a year old right I think barely yes um, I know they were saying at one point that eventually you'd even be able to use a braille display with it but they're not that far along yet we're not yeah no there's uh there, there's still some things they're working on uh from the text-to-speech point of view point. and yeah so there there's definitely possibilities there the fact that it's an android tablet really right. opens things up for for that but uh but yeah that's uh that's prodigy it's a really cool thing to uh to see just to, because it's an entirely rethought method of, of uh, a cctv or a magnification tool and you can use it just just as a as a standalone tablet you absolutely for magnification. Can. Yep, exactly. Yeah. So um, I've actually seen people taking pictures, like legitimate pictures, with the tablet too. So take, uh, you know, grandmothers taking pictures mm-hmm. of the grandkids and stuff like that. One of the cool things. And then you can enlarge it. You can. Yep. All you do is drop your tablet into your duo, and you can look at it on a twenty-two inch monitor or whatever you're looking at. Wow. So yep. Wow. Now, can you save uh, save what you've taken a picture of? Yeah. Um, yep. I think you can. Okay. Say I, I don't remember the night. I think it's a hundred hundred pages of text and pictures and things. Okay. So, okay. Yep. well, let's get back to the other area that you uh, that you are responsible for and talk a little bit about braille displays. Mm-hmm. What's going on with the the, the uh, Brilliant? And- yeah. So um, the Brilliant is uh, for those of you who aren't familiar with it. It's a it's a traditional refreshable braille display and. Um, it's compatible with your traditional screen readers, JAWS, Window Eyes, NVDA, uh, Macs, VoiceOver, iOS, and, and Android. And um, it's, uh, it's, it's a really solid display. You know, David, I was actually reading an article, and I'm trying to remember who... It was Christian something that wrote this article. He's, he was from France, and... Um, you know, they were doing a test of whether, uh, they did some research on whether the uh, number of Braille cells improved the reading efficiency for, for somebody who's reading Braille. And what what they found was that, yes, the, the number of cells did improve it. So the more, if you did have more cells, it did, it mm-hmm. did improve your reading efficiency. But mm-hmm. what they mentioned was the positioning of the advancement keys is really, oh, yes. is really what made the difference. And, you know, HumanWare, we've, we've, we've been doing Braille devices for 15 years now and the braille note was um it had the the humanware thumb keys on it and you know we've kept those on our braille notes for 15 years it's always great when some other entity says that you're doing things right because mm-hmm. <laughs> what they said is that the natural feeling uh while you're reading across that the thumbs will naturally fall on the advancement right. keys make it's even if it's that half a second that you have to lift your fingers off the display to advance the display that adds up in real time Oh, when sure. you have to advance your display, you know, two to five hundred times in a session, and mm-hmm. so, so, um, 
you know, that's that's one of the, the brilliance, really powerful features is that the thumb keys are right there. They're right on the front. And, uh, you know, that's you, you rarely have to take your fingers off that display. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is that in a test, you know, going back to the testing environment situation for, for school districts and things, uh, you know, the brilliant is a traditional standalone braille display, meaning that it, it does not have any internal memory because it relies on the computer. device that it's connected yeah. to, the okay. iOS device, the computer, right. the Mac, whatever to do all the its job is to provide input and output and in a testing environment that's extremely valuable because you don't have an SD card to put notes on right <laughs> when right. you're taking a test and so right why wouldn't I want an SD card? Uh, <laughs> Might just make things so much easier it would absolutely you were and I wouldn't spell the answer wrong you <laughs> <laughs> you you would never do that, David. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's the brilliant. Um, we are uh, one thing that I can say that maybe a lot of people don't know is that with Jaws, uh, there was a patch in Jaws 15 and Jaws 16 as well. The brilliant is now a built-in uh, Braille display option right into Jaws. So in the past, you used to have to install a separate braille driver for jaws so you'd install the usb driver first to make sure the computer knew what was being plugged in and whatever else but then uh you used to have to install a separate jaws driver which took time and in some confusion yeah in some scenarios it it would add a a separate layer of confusion or something now it's a plug and play as soon as you as soon as you plug in your your brilliant with a usb driver installed jaws will recognize it and away you go so it just like every other display in jaws now the the brilliant is really simple to, to use. So you so you don't need to install a driver ahead of time. Not for oh, Jaws, okay. no. No, nope, just right. for the USB driver. Okay. Yeah, so good stuff there. We had uh, a good collaboration with uh, Freedom Scientific on that. But there is a USB driver that needs to be installed. Correct. Yeah, okay. and that's that's for the majority of braille displays. Sure. You have to uh, you okay. have to tell the computer what's being plugged in. Okay. Okay. Um <clears throat> And um, now, is is that? Uh, are you doing that also with the Apex? You know, I I want to say that it's in there, but I gotta double check. I can't say a hundred percent. I think we did both drivers at once, so I'm, it okay. would it would have made sense that we did. I just haven't checked on the okay. the Apex in quite some time, to be honest with you. Okay. Uh, before we go on to other humanware things uh, that you may want to talk about, I, I remember several times recently seeing, um, in my case, I saw it in uh, a particular weekly um, uh, newsletter that comes out. They were selling uh, Empowers, Braille Note Empowers. They said uh, new Braille Note Empowers, uh, and they were like uh, maybe $2,500 or something like that. And I'm wondering if... The, if that's something that they they are doing in conjunction with humanware, or is that something that, or if you know anything about that, I wasn't involved in it. That may be more on our sales department side. I deal more with the product development, so I'm I'm sort of uh, maybe a little out of that loop. But uh, there may have been an initiative to, you know, that we still have a lot of Empower users out there. Some people, you know, really like their mm-hmm. Empower, and it does mm-hmm. what they need it to do. And if if we can get Braille in the hands of more people, people and maybe it's not the state-of-the-art device but mm-hmm. it still provides braille it still gives them the ability to write a document or, or read a book okay. then more power to it that's that's all i can say okay but, well i just happened to think about it. i've seen that uh, oh three or four times just recently and i thought hmm, well, that, yeah that's kind of interesting 
yeah, I, uh, I and can't. depending on what the person had to do, that might be just fine. Yeah, no, exactly. Some some people have, uh, you know, they don't need to be pairing to an iOS device. They may just want to read their recipe lists or or write their contacts down or you know do a book report that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm, so, yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah, I'm always in favor of getting Braille in the hands of more people. That's 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 my big thing. Oh yeah, yeah. And once you've had a Braille display, you get spoiled. Yeah. You yeah, you all, of, you all of a sudden say, what the heck was I doing carrying all those volumes of books around, <laughs> eh? <laughs> yeah. Uh, all of a sudden, it just made my back start to hurt again. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, anything else particularly going on with humanware that we ought to know about? No, I think that, that I think we've pretty much done the tour. The okay. last uh, product we didn't talk about, uh, there was a recent update, I want to say last month or maybe end of January for the Victor Reader stream. It was mainly a bug fixing update. So okay. um, when you, I believe when you upgrade your stream, it'll give you the release notes and tell you exactly what was fixed. But okay. if you haven't connected to Wi-Fi on your stream recently, go ahead and do so and it'll tell you that the version of the stream you got is up to date or not up to date. So. Okay. Um, but uh, and I gotta say the 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 new stream has been very well accepted by by most of the people that I've met are very pleased with it. Yeah, no, I'm glad to hear that. And it's you know it it's one of those things that I noticed how how much easier it is not to need to plug my stream into my computer ever mm-hmm. again. You know, mm-hmm. uh, just the fact that I can download my NLS books, my Bookshare books, right on the device without ever needing to plug mm-hmm. into mm-hmm. that humanware companion or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It just it really kind of hits home just how, how much time was spent doing that before. Yeah. And now, you can also do that with Bookshare, right? You can. Yep. Okay. Bookshare, National Library Service, there's okay. podcasts, Wikipedia, Wiktionary, yeah. uh, and then, of course, your internet radio. Right. Right. So it's it's turned my wife into a, a podcast junkie, I'll tell you that. <laughs> and it's easy to, enough to do that. Yeah. I, I, I don't even want to say how many podcasts <laughs> behind I am right at this point. Yeah, it's, it's easy to do. To yes, do. sir. <laughs> Easier than some of us would want to admit to. I me. know, I know, I know. Well, I, Greg, I really appreciate uh, you uh, taking the time to go over things with us and getting us up to date on what's going on with humanware and all of the new things that are out or coming out soon. No, I'm anxious to see the new breeze. Yeah, no, thanks for having me on and uh, look forward to seeing uh, some of the feedback from people about the, the Breeze Plus and uh, hopefully you... Uh, You'll, you'll, if you are a Breeze user, you'll get in touch with us and uh, we'll get you set up with a, a new Breeze Plus and you'll start to see some of the new uh, new. The following presentation okay. is brought to you on Main Menu courtesy of David Woodbridge and Vision Australia. To find out more about Vision Australia, visit them on the web at www.visionaustralia.org. Welcome to this short demonstration of accessing your iPhone now in iTunes 12. Now that the way you access the items on your iPhone from iTunes has changed from radio buttons now, at least as far as voiceover is concerned on the Mac, i.e. summary radio button, etc., to playlists. So I thought I'd just show you in iTunes 12 where to find the playlists now for your iPhone so you can navigate summary movies tv shows etc and then that way you can manage your iphone again if you actually can't find where those playlists are currently sitting 
Okay, so first of all, let me just say that I've got my MacBook Air turned on. VoiceOver is running and I'm currently sitting at my desktop. And as far as my iPhone 6 Plus is concerned, it's on, VoiceOver is running, and it's currently at the lock screen. I've also got my lightning cable plugged into my iPhone 6 Plus, and I'm just going to plug that into my MacBook Air now, and we'll have iTunes pop up. Image capture. It, iTunes is launched in the background. Command Q to get rid of image capture. iTunes. iTunes. Window. Album. Grid. No selection. One and row. Six columns. Has keyboard focus. Table on the screen. I'm just going to interact with that. We have shift via up arrow, shift control option up arrow for voice Stop over. interacting with scroll area. And I normally like to jump to the top of the screen when I'm going to search for something. And I'm going to do that in a minute for the iPhone. So I'm going to go to the top of the screen, shift VO home or shift control option home. And just keep in mind that in reality, what I'm really pressing on the keyboard is shift FN control option left arrow. Because of course the FN key turns the left arrow key into the home key. Okay, so again, that's shift VO home or shift control option home. Previous dimmed button. I want to search for iPhone, so I'm going to do VOF or control option F for find. Enter search text. I'm going to type in iPhone and press enter. iPhone pop up button. There's my iPhone. I'm going to select that with VO spacebar, control option spacebar. iPhone pop up button. And if I do VO right arrow, control option right arrow. iPhone selected radio button one of one. Okay, iPhone selected button one of one. iPhone button eject button. 128 GB image, battery, 99% charging image, sell five items. Okay, and that's an interactable item. So for example, I could now do shift VO down arrow or shift control from down arrow, interact with that item. And in there you heard it's got the eject button, the total size of my iPhone, 128 gigabytes, and the fact that it's charging. If I keep going to the right, VO runner control from right arrow, scroll area. That's the scroll area that I can again interact with. It's an interactable item that pertains to, go to the next item, VO radar, control option, radar. Playlist, table, row two of 22. Summary, row two of 22 selected. The playlists for the iPhone. And you just heard it said, summary is currently selected. So for example, if I go back to the scroll area with VO left arrow, control option, left arrow. Scroll area. And interact. Shift VO down arrow, shift control option down arrow. Interact with scroll area. 37 items. iPhone 6 Plus. Okay, now VO right arrow, control option right arrow, go through it. Capacity 114.08 GP. iOS 8.1 button. Phone number button. Plus 61400. Your iPhone software is up to date. iTunes will automatically check for an update again on 19 slash 11 slash 2014. Serial number button. C39NC2, check for update button. Okay, and so on. So let me just uninteract out of that scroll area for the moment. Shift via upper or shift control option upper. Stop interacting with scroll area. And we go right to the playlist via runner, control option runner. Playlist, table, row 2 of 22. Summary, row 2 of 22 selected. And interact, shift VO deno, shift control option denner. Interact with playlist, table, row 2 of 22 selected. Okay, so I'm on the summary row of the playlist table. If I just go VO up arrow, control option up arrow. Settings. I've got a heading that says settings. And what I'm going to do for the rest of this table, I'm just going to press VO down arrow, control option down arrow. I won't keep saying that. So next item down. Summary. We've got summary. Apps. Apps. Music. Music. Movies. Movies. 
And of course, these would be the items that you would be getting in previous version of iTunes, i.e. iTunes 11, that would say summary, radio button, apps, radio button, etc. So now they're in playlists rather than the radio button that you had to select before. So go down again. TV shows. TV shows. Podcasts. Podcasts. Books. Books. Tones. Tones. Photos. Photos. Info. Info. On my device. On my device. Music. Okay, and here are the playlists for on your device. So music. Movies. Movies. TV shows. TV shows. Books. Books, etc. So for example, if I want to go to another playlist, let me just jump to the top of this table again with Shift VO Home. Settings. Row 1 of 22. And let's come down to the apps playlist. Summary. Apps. Okay, there's apps. Let's interact with the playlist table. Shift VO upper or shift control option upper. Stop interacting with playlists table. Row 3 of 22. Apps. Row 3 of 22 selected. Okay, and we can tell that apps is selected. Go to the left with VO left arrow control option left arrow. Scroll area. Interact with the scrollable area or the interactable item. Shift VO down or shift control option down arrow. Interact with scroll area. 13 items. Apps. Okay, and if I go to the right, VO right or control option right arrow. 186 apps. Sort by kind. Apps. Pop up button. Etc. And now remember that this is the area or the option in the apps playlist where you can access your file sharing table to transfer files, in this case from your Mac onto, in this case, my iPhone 6 Plus. So if I jump to the bottom of this window with Shift VO end or Shift Control Option end, i.e. remembering reality, I'm really pressing Shift FN, Control Option right arrow, because the FN key is changing the right arrow key into the end key. Okay, so Shift VO end. Select apps from the list on the left to view the documents that are on your iPhone. And if I go back to the left with VO left arrow, Control Option left arrow. Apps, file sharing apps table, no selection. There's my file sharing apps table. Interact with Shift VO Deno or Shift Control Option Deno. Interact with apps, file sharing apps table, row one of 22. And I've got 22 apps that I can file share. If I wanted to just jump down to Voice Dream Reader, that should be towards the bottom. I'm going to jump to the bottom of the table with Shift VO End. Table row. And go up. White noise, Voice Dream. And that's Voice Dream or Voice Dream Reader. And of course, that's the app that we recommend for people that use the Vision Australia online iAccess service to read our daisy books. So of course, if I interact with Shift VO Upper, Shift Control Option Upper. Stop interacting with apps, file sharing apps table, row 20 of 22, Voice Dream, row 20 of 22 selected. And of course, we heard that Voice Dream was selected and then go to the right with VO Rudder, Control Option Rudder. Voice Dream Documents, File Sharing Documents table. That's the file sharing documents table for the files that are already on VoiceStream in my iPhone 6 Plus. If we go to the right again, VO Rudder, Control Option Rudder. Add button. There's the add button to add files from my Mac over to my iPhone 6 Plus, of course, into the VoiceStream app itself. And then, of course, if I want to now eject my iPhone 6 Plus from my Mac, let me interact with the scroll area for the apps playlist. That's Shift VO Apparel, Shift Control Option Apparel. Stop interacting with scroll area. And go to the left with VR left arrow, control option left arrow. iPhone button, eject button, 128GB image, battery, 99%, charging image, sell five items. Let's interact with that interactable item. Shift VO dinner, shift control option dinner. Interact with iPhone button, eject button, 128GB image, battery, 99%, charging image, sell five items, iPhone button. 
Okay, so let me do VO right arm contraption right arm. Eject button. There's the eject button. VO spacebar contraption spacebar. Press eject button. And of course, if I check where now where my cursor is with VO F3 or contraption F3. Album grid is in the voiceover cursor. No selection. Focuses back on the album grid in iTunes. So basically keep in mind now that when you plug in your iPhone, in this case it's my iPhone 6 Plus into iTunes 12, the layout for accessing the different items such as summary, music, movies, etc. has changed from the radio button to playlists. And I always find the easiest way to find your iPhone button in iTunes is just to go to the top of the window do VOF or Control F for Find, type in iPhone, hit Enter, select the iPhone button, and then navigate across to the Playlists table. Navigate through those playlists, i.e. summary, apps, movies, music, etc. Uninterrupt with the playlists, and then go into the scrollable area, which is to the left as far as voiceover is concerned, and then interact with that scrollable area for the actual playlist item that you just selected previously. And then, of course... Once you finish with your iPhone and you want to eject it, you can interact with that scroll area, go to the left again, i.e. as far as voiceover is concerned, go into that scrollable area which says eject button, the size of your iPhone and if it's charging or not, and choose the eject button. And then normally what happens when that ejects, put focus back, in my case, to my album table. So let me just close down iTunes, have command Q. Quit iTunes desktop. And that completes this demonstration of iTunes 12 and how the info on your iPhone is now displayed in playlists. So as always, thanks for listening and bye for now. If you're interested in providing feedback about Main Menu, chatting with all of the members of the Main Menu staff, and be able to communicate with a large number of Main Menu's listeners, you might wish to subscribe to the Main Menu Friends mailing list. To subscribe to the Main Menu Friends mailing list, you can send an email to mm-friends-subscribe at acbradio.org. That's mm-friends-subscribe at acbradio.org. You can also participate in conversation about Main Menu on Twitter by following at Main Menu or visiting our Twitter page at www.twitter.com slash Main Menu. That will conclude another edition of Main Menu for this week. David will be back next week with more CSUN coverage, so stay tuned and we'll talk to you next week.